Hey everybody, welcome to Yellow Spandex. This is Rod. We have Vince here. Yeah, what's and, up? And uh, Josh, of course. Hey. And this week, special guest, Ron Wasserman. Hey uh, there, how you guys doing? <laughs> it's been a while. Vince and I uh, met Ron a couple of years ago, actually in about a week, you know, two years ago, uh, for that Power Rangers video that all of you have seen by now, because by the time this podcast comes out, that video that we've been promising for two years will finally be posted. Yay! <laughs> They're very and, slow. Yeah, we are, dude. I mean, uh, we... We it, first it was just like well we don't want to w- put it too close together you know and then like a bunch of like good things happened and we just got busy it's a whole thing um, but yeah Ron uh, wrote the Power Rangers theme song Go Go Power Rangers and um, also we we're aware that he wrote the X Men theme song there's a video about it on our channel but today we're here to talk about Power Rangers and other related projects so um, yeah I guess we'll well a Ron how you been doing in quarantine we're all in the L A area that's true. You know, I've spent 30 years of my life uh, working alone, so this isn't a huge stretch. And my son, (laughs) (laughs) you know, you really, uh, eight or ten hours a day is always alone, so it hits me at night because I started, you know, uh, have friends and go out and get a drink uh, three, four times a week. So initially that was difficult, but uh, now I've just eased into it. My 16-year-old son is with me. He's doing oh, school good. online, and, and he's doing great with it. So, uh, actually, we're wonderful. Oh, that's awesome. Oh, that's and, great. And he's a musician as well, right? He plays cello? Cello. Cello Very player. Cool. Yeah. And uh, it's great. Uh, my uh, last, like, serious relationship, which was a long time ago, uh, she had a thing for cello players, so I was, always had, like, one eye open. You know, it was like, oh, <laughs> cello skitter for cello player. <laughs> yeah, it is a sexy thing. That's why I keep telling him to keep playing because when the time comes, he's going to get all the smart chicks. Oh, right? true that. With that cello out and be like, here's a sonata. <laughs> Classy. Low end rumble. <laughs> like, ah, oh, do some yo yo ma, baby. Yo yo ma. Oh, I'll be a mommy, baby. <laughs> Very cool. Well, uh, um, I think a lot of you saw in the Power Rangers video on um, RKBC's channel, our, me and Vince's channel, yeah. um, kind of like an overview of like how um, the gig came up for Ron. But um, you know what? We have a question here from a fan that might be a good place to start. Nice. You pull it up. Um, let's see here. Um, this Wait a minute. Is- I'll guess the answer ahead before you ask. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> the answer is nine inches. <laughs> and the question and the question is on my euphonics mixing console what how long were the faders <laughs> that's awesome yeah. the faders well now we're okay, done okay go ahead okay <laughs> uh this is from uh instagram user in moving picture or in pictures right. moving uh when you wrote this when you wrote the song did you have any idea it would be a world recognized theme song not a clue in the world i just sat down I was working on something else that night and or wanted to and they came in and said we need a theme for the show here's the basics uh maybe use the word go because Haim Saban has a lot of luck with the word go from uh go gadget go and whatnot where he initially broke into the business and my only question is I called the president of music because (laughs) it was such a brief meeting between the two of us and I said morphine or morphine how do you want me to say it and because originally i was thinking mighty morphine power right. is it morphine so is it morphine? Uh, and yeah i wanted to get it done so from 
uh, write something to the finished mix was two and a half hours. That's crazy. And I had no idea. Literally, I finished it like many other things and and went about my my night. I didn't. It it actually was years before I realized how big the thing got. Yeah, that's wild, man. Uh, We we've had some uh, uh, people we look up to is like pop songwriters that said similar Mm -hmm. things when they were starting. They just they just were hustling so much. They were doing like five or six songwriting sessions a day for like two years. And then right. d- didn't realize until six months later, like that a song had gone number one. Mm-hmm. And, and there, you know, the label's <laughs> right. calling like, "Congratulations! Six months ago, you had a number one." It's like, what? And you're like, for what? <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, and it's true. One. And then they've written so many songs, they don't even remember the one that went number one. They're like, when did we write that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Who sang that? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I like that, that song. I forgot I wrote it. But <laughs> <laughs> well, that's another uh, cool point uh, that you were the original vocalist and all the instruments. On the song. Yeah, that yeah. was just, I played everything. Uh, all the guitar was done. I'd been using it on other little things for myself. So fake guitar done on a keyboard. And that was my guide vocal. So when they called the next day and they said, Fox loves it. I said, well, who, who <laughs> should we get to sing it? I know some people. And they said, no, Fox loves it. You're the singer. Nice. Oh. And I went, I went, <laughs> Dude. Great. I, it did, and then I never thought there'd be any more. I'm like, wonderful. It's done. Move on to whatever I'm doing the next night. Mm-hmm. And um, then it turned into all those songs, and I had to learn how to scream with good pitch. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah, because this was yeah, auto auto tune or melodyne back then. Jeez. No, and I was working on two inch tape, so you had to rewind everything, and you had to wait for the two machines to sync up to everything. It was a real, well, I always had good pitch, but I just had to learn how to control it. And I found that gargling ice cold <laughs> diet Pepsi would tighten my cords and I could find that sound, but it was a ton of singing man, and it was uh, a lot of work, but you know, it was fun. I can't believe two hours, Ron. That's amazing, especially on the yeah. technology back then. Oh, no, two and a half, not two. Two would be ridiculous. The first two hours was drinking, and then the last half hour was the, re- the actual work. Uh, I've been yeah. in sessions like that. Well, there's with all the technology we have now, it, it still takes people, uh, even myself, like hours to get tracks done sometimes. Yeah. Oh, me I, too. It, it takes... 15 minutes to find the right reverb plugin because I've got 75 reverbs. <laughs> oh yeah. So that, that choice paralysis that, or whatever that, that plugin. Thing. Yeah, it's, it's exactly. I have too much. I, I have on my composing computer, 12 terabyte of samples and libraries alone. So <gasps> if I need a flute, I've got to go through now. Nah, that's not the flute. Oh no, that flute's close. Now that, Oh, this one works now that sucks. And <laughs> on and on and on. It's, it's really bad. It's really bad. <laughs> I I love truly. I love hearing that story though of like how quickly all that happened. Mainly because, um, well, when we first met, I was floored because you were just so cool, and, and, and also like that. It, it's weird because like <laughs> wait we, a minute, I gotta I gotta tell my kid they think I'm cool, <laughs> and that um, he doesn't care. <laughs> And that you were uh, you were the hero that I wasn't aware of as a child, right? Like, as like Josh said, like my brother and I, when we were kids, anytime 
one of those theme songs came on, we were just running around, you know, like the Power Rangers and stuff. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, to, you know, when I got older, obviously, like in college and stuff, like, oh, someone wrote these songs. They just, just didn't fall out of like Power Ranger heaven, you know? Right. Yeah, I used to have one of those plastic kids cassette machines. And like, you know, you mm-hmm. could, it was really bad. It had the microphone on the side and I'd go put it up to the TV and I'd record it like every Sunday or every Saturday morning. And then like, you know, after 10 Saturday mornings in a row, I just play it. And it's like, you know, 10 minutes long or whatever. And my mom <laughs> would be like, great. what the heck, man? That keeps going. Turn it off. Yeah. And then, and then the, you know, fast forward, like Vince and I, you know, we're, we're trying, we're in LA trying to like make it in music. And uh, Ron, you had some very encouraging for, words for us last time we met. And I, I, it meant a lot because I was like, this is somebody who did it, somebody I respected. Yeah. You know, like, did I tell and, you to go into another profession? <laughs> I mean, I think I kind of already knew that. <laughs> right. No, but you, you're just kind of like, man, like just, you know, be like, be good, work hard, you know, and don't be an asshole. Yeah, that's it. And, and like, uh, we, so we, you know, kept that. And obviously, this, this isn't about us, but, but we had really good news later. And I, you were one of the first people I hit up when we got this big gig, you know, with YouTube and stuff. Oh, that's right. Yes. And, and like, I was like, oh, it's, it's happening. But mo- when you were talking about the story of like uh, how quickly the song happened and they liked your vocal and stuff. It reminds me that like me and Vince are kind of, we're on the right path because we did this theme song for the Phillies, uh, Philadelphia Phillies mascots, like before mm-hmm. we moved here, and very similar situation. Like we were working through a friend's marketing agency, and it was so secret because I guess the sports world is so like cutthroat that they wouldn't allow us to email or text about it. So our liaison would go to this meeting, get the briefing about what the character looked like, a turtle and an otter and stuff. And then come back to us and show us on a phone like these ideas, and then we would write something and then physically deliver it to him, and he would physically take it to the Phillies, you know. And wow, we did one round of notes because there was like these timing issues, and then we got a second round of notes. We're like, cool, we just did that, and we were working on like four other projects. And huh. and then one night it was like what one or two in the morning. Me and Vince were working in, at my place on a new song, and then the uh, marketing guy called us. He was like, oh, they loved it. It went over so well. I'm like, who loved it, and where did it go over well? And we found out it was opening day for the Phillies, and they just wow. used our vocals and our and what we thought was like one of the rough versions, yeah. you know, because we thought at that time they were going to get like a like a local like American Idol runner up or somebody, you know, to sing it. Sure. And then we just became so like you told us that story like a couple of years ago about Power Rangers, but like okay, we're we're going to do all right. <laughs> like, <laughs> I mean, everything yeah. you didn't mention that at that time, you're like, yeah, I was living off my credit cards. I'm like, that's what we were doing. Like, <laughs> This sounds so familiar. So if you're writing out there, it, the struggle's real, but it's it's possible, you know, to make it. Yeah, believe me. If I mean, I'm tenacious. I've been playing since I was three. I was thrown out of every music class I've ever had. Every teacher asked me to leave. But the thing is, it's just ingrained in my DNA. And I was just always polite and just kept moving forward. And that's it. With yeah. really no goal. I mean, I didn't sit around thinking, wow, I want a big house and I want a Ferrari and I want this. And it's not about that. It was just, I have to make it. And that's yeah. it. And and that's how you have to be. And you have to be really willing to make coffee for people who are your superiors and smile. Your coffee sucks. <laughs> I'll learn to make it better for you. Yeah, and that was something that uh, you kind of concluded on in the the video we did um, a couple of years ago, was that like even though you you know uh, you weren't given credit at the time that they were physically trying to hide you from like the shoots sure. and stuff that you, you didn't really begrudge the process because it was like you got to get paid it to was like, the experience. learn to learn your trade, 
Yeah, I didn't do it all was that. paid for going to college. And a lot of people through the years, I've had magazines contact me and try to trash Saban. And I said, um, do you feel betrayed? Do you feel ripped off that he collected all the royalties? I'm like, no. I mean, every composer goes through this. Yeah. And it's just, and, and even if you're not hired as a composer, if you're a songwriter, this is what everybody goes through. It's part of the process. And it's not like I didn't know the deal. I never went and went, wait a minute, I thought I owned it. I knew it <laughs> out of the gate. And I keep my word. And you guys keep your word. And that's another thing that's very important because it's such a small business. Well, that's, yeah. that's actually really good to hear because, I mean, we hear about stuff, you know, with, was it be with like Taylor Swift stuff or whatever nowadays? We're like, oh, no, they stole my masters. It's like you you signed that contract. You understood what you were getting into. So. Yeah, that was really interesting. I had no idea what I was doing. I was just, I don't know. I only have $65 million. What am yeah. I going to do? Oh. I, I uh, remember seeing Kelly Clarkson comment about that Taylor Swift situation. And she mm-hmm. kind of made a good point. She was like, well, not only was she young, uh, Kelly was like, well, I don't care who has my masters because I don't write most of my songs. Like, but Taylor is, <laughs> Taylor's a co-writer on a lot of her songs. So she's like, so for her, it was probably felt more personal, even though she signed the contract right. and everything. Mm-hmm. But you know, even for us, uh, so it, most people who know RKVC, if you haven't seen us before, like you know, we'll link a video to like the latest good news for us. But we also did some like work for hire, like sync music and stuff, and so we got paid all at once. And uh, now wherever it's used, it could be used in like a car commercial, and we won't make any extra money off of it. Yeah, but Made same deposit. Thing. Same thing. how I looked at it. Yeah, same thing though. It was like it's probably more money than we would make, you know, uh, normally on our our stuff at this level. But most importantly, it was an opportunity for us to learn, you know, kind of like with you, like just the process of like doing these things because we didn't have a clue before. Each each yeah. new, new experience is adding to our history of now, like being where we're at now. Yeah. And, you yeah, know, like I you mean, said, you got to get paid to go to college. Like you know, me and Josh had to pay like, you know, six figures to go to college. <laughs> Still paying to oh, go to yeah, college. Well, oh, you actually went. So, you know, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> I, I kind of needed it for me though because I came out of like a, a little you know, Indiana town that had like 3,000 people in it sure and there was no music program well there's no music program except for like the church choir and so like when I was at college I was just soaking everything in it's like I didn't know how to turn Pro Tools on and mm-hmm. and stuff so I know it, was, it wasn't a great experience for everybody but for me it was like the perfect thing I needed I'm like tell me how to turn it on you know they can yep. work from yeah there. of course you, you have to do what you do for your area I was in LA so my life was every, I mean, there's a million clubs and a million bands. I just figured I'll try and find a great band and see if something happens. And, you know, it was just part of doing it. And I had the uh, 1966 Chevy van with a, oh my God, what a piece <laughs> of crap. And so I schlepped everybody's gear and we rehearsed in a, uh, when I was in bands, we would rehearse in dance studios because they only charged us 40 bucks a month. Oh, wow. And wow. yeah, they're giant echo chambers. Those hardwood floors and mirrors. Can, mm-hmm. Could you do anything worse? So I was stuffing <laughs> anything I could find in my ears before right. all these earplugs came sound out. Like Led Zeppelin? No, we did not sound like Led Zeppelin. <laughs> Actually, that, that's, a, that's a question that I had um, because in, in the main video that we had previously done, You'd mentioned that you'd spent a lot of time in bands in the '80s, and even um, one, one of your last or biggest stints was with, with uh, E.G. Daily, right? And, and uh, but 
And then, you know, shortly after that is when all the break happened with Saban and stuff and the producers you met. But, like, before then, I, I was curious of, like, this whole 80s band experience. Like, because people who hear Go Go Power Rangers, there's a clear, like, 80s rock metal influence. Definitely. I'm just kind of curious of, like, your band experiences, you know, in the 80s. I did new wave bands. I was in the first band I was in. Oh, my gosh. I must have been. I mean, I was in bands in my teens, but the first one that went out and performed, we I don't even know what we were. We were like Chicago meets uh, something. I mean, it was like a horn <laughs> section and it was it was fun, yeah. but it was it was like a stoner. I wasn't a stoner, but it was like a stoner band. Every everybody else was uh, high all the time. It's like jam, it was just jam. kind of a. Like like the Grateful Dead meets Chicago. Whoa, that sounds that amazing! Freaking cool. No, it 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 actually kind of was, but it wasn't. Um, there was a lot of you know, Chaos. battle of the powers and yeah, and you know every band I've been in, I just uh, I'm sorry, but I, I've got to take it over. And I even did that with EG, <laughs> but. <laughs> and then uh, other bands were like New Wave. I mean, I had spiked hair and wore wacky striped suits and uh had earrings and uh you know did that fucking 80s dance as i was standing <laughs> there with three keyboards on a custom built stand that i made nice. out of tubes did that you, so did, my and i did bass and keyboards like ray uh, manzarek and it was it was fun and we were very close to getting signed i'm just glad it never happened <laughs> <laughs> It was shiny, but it was a bullet I dodged. Did they have keytars back then? Um, we had an agreement that I would never, ever do that. Plus, <laughs> I'm not a front person, so uh, I liked being in the back. Nice. Always in the back, in the shadows. I just <laughs> yeah. focus on my work and play my parts. I love it, with, with like three pianos. There was a So quote. no rock bands, oddly Oh, interesting. Enough. None, so, but so. it was always in me, and I would always, in my spare time, just... Uh, work on guitar sounds and try to, you know, I could never actually play guitar, but I just loved heavy metal. So That's I'd awesome. have my new wave band thing where we're dancing around and everybody's doing that fucking valley dance. Right. And then I'd get in the car and see if I could find um, some Black Sabbath or something to listen nice. to. Nice. Yes. That's so funny. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I mean, I guess I had just assumed that you know, like the rock and flute, like yeah, it, that it had been part of the band experience. But new wave, man, that's awesome. Did they record yeah, like any side? Did they no record any of that stuff wave. on uh, Guitar Hero or anything? Or like the, the um, Power Rangers stuff? Yeah, I think it was. Uh, yeah, yeah, and I wrote some other song for it too. I think it was Guitar Hero. It's been like ten years, but uh, yeah, they put that stuff in, and then there was a hack. So people could get the original melodies. So I remember my kid would do it, and then people <laughs> were sending me videos, and I thought that was pretty cool. But, yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, over the years, I've realized what an impact it had, and how fucking lucky am I that with a couple hours of work, it was something that people loved, and on the other themes as well. I mean, what a blessing! Like I'll find I, that I have like no ego about it. It just is. Right, Go ahead. Right. Sorry. I was going to say, like, for most cartoons or TV shows, for kids especially, like, if that theme song is just freaking amazing, like, that show is just going to do well. Like, most of the stuff that I liked, even, like, like last year or, the, or a few years ago with uh, the Avengers theme song that they had. Right. It was just, it rocked you when you were listening to it. It's important. 
It's really mm-hmm. important, and it and it's good. I've heard themes through the years that don't play down to kids that are watching this, and that's what I did. I wrote for adults. I wrote for me. Yeah. Well, that was the whole. That's what thing. I did, and all the and a majority of those songs are all about you know what I was going through in life at that time. Mm-hmm. All the songs for the Power Rangers series. That wow. whole album. Oh yeah. That you you got to re-record all of those songs. Yeah, oh, and I, I'm so I glad. I, the only reason I did it is to prove that I could still do it, and also <laughs> to put something out there without all that um, silly dialogue. Because originally that album that came out had no dialogue on it, oh. but the um, the uh, Clinton administration was coming down on us about the violence and the music, so I was instructed to put uh, dialogue all over it. And also, any future writing had to be major chords instead of minor. And I Whoa, couldn't wow. use words like fight or anything that incited violence. It, it was no fine. Way. It just it seemed odd to me to be happening. I guess the last time that happened was in the 1600s with the church <laughs> dictating what composers wrote. Oh, yeah. And yeah. I just thought it was kind of funny. But, you know, whatever. Politics. <laughs> crazy. Actually, all is kind of like a good segue to the next fan question. I'm on Twitter. Hansel right. Long asked, how did you pack so much tood, not attitude, tood, uh, into one tune? Seriously, one of the greatest 90s TV themes ever. And that says a lot. How did you pack um, so much attitude into the song? Is that yeah. what the question? Tood into the song. <laughs> yes. Well, all those things, I mean, I had a lot of, I mean, I wasn't walking around breaking stuff, but I had a lot of angst <laughs> because I had a tough childhood and my 20s just really sucked. They were just hard. You know, every every time it looked like something was going to happen, it just fell apart. So mm. by the time I was writing that thing and, and the songs for it, the rock stuff, that was just where I was at in my life at that time. And so it was easy for me to just scream but the the singing is actually quite quiet it's just finding that place in my throat to do it but it really came from a deep uh somewhat dark place i'm not that way anymore (laughs) (laughs) didn't use that for hot in cleveland it's still there but not like it was right wow that's crazy but i was uh, i was angry and young i should have if i had the balls to to grab the mic and stand in front of a band and go play at clubs, you know, if I didn't have performance anxiety, I would have ended up in some sort of band like Metallica or something. There's just so much. I mean, for me, the attitude is, is the kind of shout chorus and then the answer with the, the end of the melody there, you know, and then you have like that phrase is a complete question and answer for me. So that was what got me hyped hearing that melody over and over again. Well, thank you. And when I've listened to it since I was playing it for someone the other day for a joke. And um, (laughs) I said, well, you haven't ever heard me sing. And she's like, no, I haven't. I said, okay, I got to play this for you. And I played it. And about halfway through, I said, you want, you want me to go back to something else? She goes, your choice, which means yes. (laughs) And we went (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> we went back to it, but but when I listen to it, I feel like I'm listening to somebody else. It's very odd. It's very mm-hmm. rare, but it's very odd where I say, um, you know, hit the button on Apple CarPlay and say, play Ron Wasserman. 
<laughs> right. playing songs by Ron Wasserman. It's weird, but it feels like it, it. I've always considered it a gift, and I channel this stuff. And and I've had a lot of times where you know there's stuff that's been very successful, and I look back at it, and it's just um, it's like watching somebody else's life. That's crazy. That is such a crazy I don't perspective. Re- it, it's crazy. But yeah, it remember. also keeps me in check and always has. That's that's the the good thing too is you're you're able to have these like touch points to look back on and be like that's where I grew some balls. You know that's where mm-hmm. I, I grew a backbone. Like it's just right. these stepping stones of your career have been so astronomical for guy, nerdy guys like us. Yeah, it's it means encourage- a lot. It's encouraging to me too to hear you say that even for something like Go Go Power Rangers that you pulled from like you know your personal like feelings at least if not experiences. Because yeah. I feel like I'm, a lot of us are similar where it's like, even if I'm going to write it like a jingle or something, like I'm not good at like kind of, there's other songwriters that are like, okay, I'll write an Ariana Grande song, you know, out my butt and just do it. But like, I have to have some right. sort of like thread of connection to like pour the amount of work that goes, because making music is like, it, it's, it's easy, but it's hard. You know, I don't know. It's, it's those whole things. Like you're starting with a blank canvas. Yeah. Like, okay, where do we go from here? Is that, you know, then you spend 12 hours looking for reverb. You know, <laughs> and then when you're doing, then when you're doing commercials or scoring something, they go, "We don't know what we want, but here's the list of what we don't want." With everyone, a yeah. wall gets around you and gets a little tighter. You're like, "Okay, you don't want pop, you don't want rock, you don't want rap, you don't want country, you don't want opera, you don't want classical." Basically, wow. you've just there's nothing left. What the hell am I going to do here? And so I just do what I like. And I, yeah, new wave. That's what I should go. I'm going to do Depeche Mode. Yes. (laughs) And so that's what I encounter more and more these days where very few people are focused, but a majority of them just say, well, here's what I don't like. And in some ways, if you look at at the list and you go, oh, they have three things that are saying pop here. Okay, I'm going to do pop. This is actually what they like. They just, it's, it's the psychology of figuring out what a producer wants is and being wacky. able to translate you have to really yeah. read between the lines yeah, yeah. I, as i'm terrible mixer sometimes like as mi- mixing stuff sometimes people will be like well i don't want this or that and then like you'll get to it and they almost want the opposite like they almost do want something like that but they were thinking of something else that just attributed to that to something obscure you know it's just weird they all want to be incredibly original but they don't mm-hmm. want to be original in the least Yes. Yeah. It's. Uh, I mean, this has gone on like the last fifteen years. Is we've all been everything. The entire industry has been shoved into a little box, where all network TV is basically the same show. You could watch any sitcom; it's the same script. It's yeah, just cleansed it's and sickening, reskinned. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> but not well, Netflix. About- At least Netflix uh, is somewhat original. Yeah, I've been loving all, all the streaming channels, like original shows, you know, like the Stranger Things. I mean, I guess Stranger Things isn't original, but it's, 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 I don't know. Oh, it's great though. Yeah, I don't know. It, it's all the non-original things put together in an original way. Is that, it's just assembled better. Sure. <laughs> like I, I told friends, I was like, well, Stranger Things, you know what it is? It's, it's like the 80s we uh, are nostalgic about, not what actually was the 80s. Because like if yeah. the, if the kids were actually like 80s kids, they'd be like slightly more racist. Yeah. You know, but like, <laughs> but like, mm-hmm. it's the glam, right. but 
But the version that we see is like, oh yeah, that was the good old days, you know, like <laughs> yeah, some fantasy eighties. Um, but speaking of all right, the different exactly. Shows, well, oh, go ahead. Oh, sorry, go ahead. I was gonna say, no, you're like, right. Do you, do you think that like uh, when you were doing this with Power Ranger stuff and other stuff, like? Do you think that Netflix might be easier to deal with because they release everything almost all at once to where you can they do the whole season and they can work with together to release that as a whole artistic piece? Uh, if that's better than probably doing like I'm sure with the Power Rangers stuff, you guys were doing show by show by show by show and they were trying to get in every other show, trying to mess with things and change and tinker things. Yeah, well, it certainly was harder then. Plus, we were doing 52 a season. <sighs> so there was a it was a a lot of damn work but luckily half the footage pre-existed so i'm sure the <laughs> editors had a real time i don't i never met with any of the editors you know we we're all secluded in our rooms i knew one of the sound effects guys but he was doing sound effects on x-men mainly he did more animation than live action so yeah. uh and we're still close friends but that's cool yeah i think it would be easier the downside that I'm starting to hear, like, I wrote the theme up for this Netflix show called 100 Humans. Oh, Now what Netflix is doing is buyouts. Okay. Yeah, they won't no do royalties. It. They won't do it if a production company comes to them and says, you know, we're selling you this idea. But in, in this case, and I was a bit thrown because I went, oh, my gosh, it's 1992 again, and uh -huh. the rights are all gone. And that's what Netflix is trying to head to. And actually, this whole pandemic, there's a lot of people who have deals with ASCAP, BMI, CSAC. They're trying to back out of them now so they can save money. So this pandemic may affect composer royalties from this point on. It'll be yeah. interesting to see how that plays out. Ron, are you and ASCAP that's or BMI? I'm ASCAP. Uh, so, so are we. Good job. Okay, <laughs> but I, I just I don't know if you got the same uh, thing. I got I, I got the letter from ASCAP saying that. Oh, we're so not did I. I read that and just went, "Wow." Yeah, they ba so if for people who don't know, ASCAP and BMI basically like collect songwriter royalties. Is like the stupid too you know too long didn't read answer. But like, we all got a letter saying like, "Well, people aren't paying us because of the pandemic, and so we we may not be able to pay you." Wow. But we're gonna see. So I don't like, think well, they said we may not. They said we w we won't. We're be. not. Yeah, <laughs> we won't. It, it's it's. I I kind of yeah. get what we're saying. They it was kind of confusing to read, but I guess what they're basically saying was like before it was like in a system, and now the system's broken. So there's it, it's all up in the air. We're gonna see what happens. Okay, you know? but the the frequency will probably be less and more sporadic, and the amounts may not reflect what we're actually being you know, used. So I don't know. It's gonna be an interesting time. Unless but, uh, you're John Williams, then you're getting your full check. Yeah, for <laughs> sure. <laughs> and you were already doing fine before. <laughs> yeah. Um, so uh, our, uh, on Instagram, our friend Marvelous She asked, uh, did you or your kids watch the show? My, I didn't have a kid at the time that was out. My son was born in 2004, and everything I've ever done I've missed his age group. So when he was young, I was doing reality television and still stuff with my band Fisher. And then just as he got to the right age to watch that or to get it, then I went back to Nickelodeon. I was doing SpongeBob and the Thundermans, which he oh, was nice. too old for. So he has literally missed my entire career. He knows I've done <laughs> a lot, but uh, to him, it's, 
and, and you know, it's really kind of a blessing. <laughs> so um, the only thing he'll tell me is uh, not currently, but um, he'll say, my friends think you're cool because you have long hair and you do music. Yes. <laughs> there you go. Well, they're that, right. That's it. But he has never been in sync with his age group to watch anything I did. And I really do consider that a blessing. <laughs> that's great. So you don't end up like on a TikTok video or something. Yeah. Okay. So he doesn't, uh, so he doesn't get it. Plus when he was very young, he would be watching television and he'd say you, cause he heard me come cause he heard me compose it. And I'd go, yeah, that's me. And then a commercial would, I'd go, yeah, that's mom singing that <laughs> commercial for Toyota. So to him, it just seemed like, well, everybody does this. <laughs> that is so wild. I've gotten used to it. It's being wild. Here. Like different people have always grown up in LA and yeah. they, they've been in the showbiz. But, it's you know, interesting to get used to. I, I you know, grew up in central. Uh, uh, Josh also was in uh, central Indiana or more northern. But anyway, we were in Indiana and Delaware. And like, I think maybe me and Josh and two other people were the only four people in like 50 years that decided to do music besides like John Mellencamp <laughs> from Indiana, you know? Yeah. Like, it, it, and it's just like, whoa, you're going to, you're going to leave the state to study music. It's like, yeah, I mean, isn't that what people do? <laughs> like, <laughs> just stay in this town forever. Um, right. I mean, they, the, uh, my, um, we're, uh, not together anymore, but my, my ex-wife that we did, Fisher with in all those years when she originally came out she came out with three hundred dollars in a suitcase when she was 20 and lived at the ymca in downtown los angeles uh, oh wow and downtown <laughs> for yeah. three four years before i i met her and we started working together and the horror stories are uh, a whole she should write a book on it but that's Man. what you do and she was living in a little town where the population was about uh, 2,000 people in Middleburn, West Virginia. Oh, wow. Even smaller so in my town. she just packed up and left. Man. Yeah. I mean, I don't want to really encourage anybody small. to become homeless, but anybody that was going to come to L.A., like that really is like al almost everybody's story that's doing things, you know? Yeah. Where, where mm -hmm. did you live at the time, Ron? What, well, what I, was, I was born and raised in Los Angeles, in the San Fernando Valley, just on the other side of the hill from L.A. Gotcha, yeah. So I was fortunate, and I probably would not have had the, uh, I, I wouldn't have had the balls to leave wherever I was. I was not a brave, brave soul. <laughs> but then again, perhaps, you know, if anything happened or if I made friends out here, it was just a different world then. Who knows? Maybe I would have. Maybe I would have packed up my... Baja bug and and nice. driven out here. God knows it wouldn't have made it from Indiana. That's for sure. Yeah, right. Those things are a death trap. I love them though. Oh, it was good for twenty, thirty miles at a time. Then I had to pull over and fix something on it. Always right. overheat or the thermostat or something. Dude, those. Oh, I mean, yeah. All those like uh, rock star stories of like when vehicles breaking down, living credit card to credit card stuff. They're all true. Yeah, selling your guitar, they selling are. your like, piano. Like, you know, even Ron, this last since we've last it, hung out, um, my car started having a little bit of brake trouble, mainly because I just hadn't replaced them in time. You know, and one time we yeah, like that that'll cause it. Yeah, we were we were at uh, well, we just didn't have the money to you know, and then we were okay, like I at know. McDonald's getting some food, and I pulled out of a parking spot, and I heard this clank, so I stopped and I got outside the car, and I look at Vince, and I'm like, the brake fell out, and he's like, what do you mean it fell out? It's like, and I picked it up, and I'm like the brake fell out. The brake pad. <laughs> it fell out of the car. Like, <laughs> was there anything left? 
It fell out of the caliper, hit the ground, and the, the pad fell off of the metal part. Oh my god. It was all like completely shredded down. Yeah. How thin was, was it? Oh, it was almost gone. Yeah, I don't think there was anything. I think it was scraping <laughs> against the metal. Yeah. And I think the only silver lining from that was that uh, a friend of ours, Granny Potty Mouth, was filming a pilot for some TV show she was doing. And she was like, where am I uh-huh. going to get props for like a broken car? It's like, have I got something for you? <laughs> <laughs> so in her pilot that uh, so far hasn't got picked up for anything, she's holding this like like broken off brake pad thing with no padding left on it. <laughs> that was a That's fun day. excellent. The, the best part of the story, the, the way we, so we left the McDonald's and I, I jumped in the driver's seat. I said, I'm going to drive all the way back just using the e-brake to uh-huh. brake. Oh, gosh. Yep. Because the front brakes were gone. So we had to yeah, maneuver that down car. Any hills. That's what I'm saying, man. It was fun. Those are the We're memories. still alive. Yeah. And, man, uh, I've had my first car caught on fire. It was a 61 Corvair that my mom owned. Oh. It was old. And it caught on fire a week after I got my driver's license. No. And then, but I had 350 bucks, so... I bought a 63 Buick Skylark Special. With motor mounts were broken. It only had brakes on one wheel and oh. tires were bald. And <sighs> those aren't even the worst cars I had. It wasn't until the 90s where I finally had something that I could rely on. A Prius? <laughs> no, it was, a, it was a 92 Honda Accord. Yes. And the only problem with it is that um, the, pass- the driver's window... It was brand new, and the driver's window got stuck, but only oh. when I was in really terrible parts of L.A. <laughs> Which was a lot. Yeah, you know, the parts where you're just <laughs> trying to be. Yeah, there was a lot. <laughs> and, but it was still better because it ran. But yeah. the brakes also got very hot, and it would smell all the time. So, uh, yeah, so that was my last Honda. <laughs> Man. It's just but that thing. You I've know, had like- horror stories, like wheels falling off. It's like get to the bottom of a freeway off-ramp. I mean, really, it, it was... Uh, I don't know how I kept going. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and this is like in the midst of you doing all the things that you were doing at the time, and you probably weren't working in one area of L.A. either. You're probably oh, bouncing no. back and forth from you know Burbank to North Hollywood, Studio oh, City. Oh, I had temp work. My jobs were in East L.A. and a few close to, uh, you know, um, bad parts of L.A. Mm-hmm. <laughs> were you doing yeah, temp work while you were doing Saban stuff? Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. Oh, no, no, prior to, in oh, my okay. 20s. I mean, I did everything from fix uh, um, business machines to literally uh, two or three weeks of counting magnets. And when I'd go crazy, I would grab a handful of magnets and throw them on the ceiling because it had a steel ceiling. I'm like, fuck it. I'm not counting this box. It's the only time I've ever abused an an employer and went like, ah, I feel bad about that to this day. Like, uh, a couple thousand of your magnets are stuck to the ceiling. I'm sorry. (laughs) God. Yeah, you're you're kind of a prankster. I remember you saying that. I forget if it was when you were at Savan or just working at that studio with those producers. But like you gotten pissed off at somebody and like raided their room with a fire extinguisher or something. Oh yeah, that was I was telling my son about that the other day, because <laughs> we got a new fire extinguisher because I don't know where the other ones went. I went well, we're 
in a pandemic, we need a fire extinguisher. What the, whatever the hell I was thinking. Maybe that'll be the next toilet paper for everyone. <laughs> Just start that. You need to get a fire extinguisher. There'll be a big run on it and empty shelves. Exactly. And maybe first alert will will con- will say, "Hey, that was great. Thank you." <laughs> <laughs> it's quite a big. It up. was. Uh, yeah, it was. Uh, I, I. I'm sorry. I got off track. What was the question? <laughs> But oh, just but uh, the this other question, Marvel, she had, and you can elaborate as much or as okay. little because I, I already know that this is a loaded question, and this might lead into a question Josh had. But she wanted to know, kind of like um, some of your uh, what other jingles that you've done, or just other like music work that we might know about, and maybe some of your favorites. Um, a lot of stuff for Toyota. Um, in the early, I we did about uh, I did about three or 400 national spots. So almost every car company and dollop a Daisy and Mazda that had like zoom, zoom, zoom. Oh yeah. And these are old commercials and zoom, zoom, zoom. tremendous amounts of stuff. And then it's a bit of a blank to me what I did from about 2003 to, to 2006, a lot of uh, animation shows called uh, mm. Mummies Alive and Horseland, which were on CBS and had big audiences, but nobody knew about it. And then 2010 went into adult sitcoms and did everything that this station TV or network TV land was doing. So I got to work yeah, with Betty White and Cedric the Entertainer and Kirstie Alley. I mean, tons and tons of people. And that was a, a lot of fun at the same time charted a lot on billboard with edm stuff that i would write but the dj would take credit for it's fine just publicly that my wife was singing kathy fisher so mm-hmm. there's a lot of stuff you've heard but there's no um huge stuff i can't say i wrote adele's hits <laughs> but you wrote go go power rangers and adele might cover that yeah, that's someday. all that really matters uh <laughs> dragon ball z if you ever watch that which I it's didn't a, know till 20 years later became a big thing. Yeah. I did the first two, three years of the score on that. And that was the, so like, oh, okay, the score. So they're the score, doing I did not write that theme. Okay. Okay. Yeah, you you had mentioned, I think, and correct me if I'm wrong, you mentioned before that it was just a thing, and I don't know if it still is, that if you did the theme, you don't do the score. If you do the score, you don't do the theme. Yeah, that's uh, that's prevalent at Disney and Nickelodeon. Is that a, like so? A, when I did this, I don't get it. Okay, it's just a thing. Like the, there's no it's like a, like real it's a reason thing. behind it. it there's uh, no, like a legal thing or something. I it's can't just think like a of thing. one. <laughs> it's it's a thing like every other show I've done where I said, "Hey, this would be a good with a rock theme," and they're like, "No, no, you can't do a rock theme. That never works." I say, "Hey, there's <laughs> this show from the '90s. It's one of the biggest themes in history, and it's it's rock." They're like. Yeah, 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 but we can't do that. It, 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 it really, it doesn't work, and and that has happened on every time, not every time, every show, but every time I've pushed anything with you know crunchy guitars, they're like, oh no, 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 it's too heavy, and oh no, 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 it's too heavy, and it'll never work. And that it's it's always that emotion. So, there's something about that emotion that's not sitting right with them. Yeah, it just scares them. But they truly believe that there can never be a theme that's really rock that's so interesting go you can put a little guitar in but it doesn't work 
Hmm. That'd that makes be me like wonder saying, if I even well, understand what it is. Well, the Star Wars theme really should be done on a kazoo. I, I don't know about this orchestra <laughs> thing. I don't know an orchestra. I, I don't think an orchestra can work with space shows. No. Oh, no, wow. We need something else. I, it, it's always baffled me. You know, it's like we also, uh, some friends of ours, uh, Michael and Patty Silvershire, they did like Tailspin and the Gummy Bears yeah. theme song stuff. Um, they had very similar things. They were like, they couldn't give us, they gave us notes, but they couldn't give us information, you know, like anything helpful. And same, you know, with stuff that me and Vince have done. It's like, we just kind of have to shoot in the dark and hope for the best. And then hope, like it all comes down to whoever your liaison is, how good they are communicating Mm -hmm. music language without knowing music that well, or at least least not working music professionally. Because we found finally like our unicorn. Uh, We did, uh, we redid the theme song for the Super Carlin Brothers. It's a bigger YouTube channel. Mm-hmm. And their uh, liaison that we were working with was named Jordan, and she's—I think she's into music, but like she's does, she's not like a music professional necessarily. But just how she communicated over email, we knew exactly what to do from iteration to iteration. And I was like, That's "We great. always work with you on other shows and things." <laughs> yeah, just like you have language translators, you need music translators too for some of this stuff. So it's, yeah, yeah, absolutely, it's and that's few and far between. How'd you Definitely. get some of these gigs out there? They're like, there's, I mean, there's all over the place on uh, like your Wikipedia and everything else. Like, do you have a manager you know, it, or just? No, I've never had an agent. I've never had a manager. It's all word of mouth. That's again, um, I, I did a thing for, I, and I don't even know what it's called, it, but it's a thing Nickelodeon did, which I think they did for all their streaming services a week and a half ago. And it's just a matter of, we've worked with you before. We know you're available anytime, and we know that you can do it right. And so, do you want to do it? And I'm like, yeah, I'll do it. And that's how every single gig has come. Somebody Man. calls and they say, well, we had another guy, but he asked too many questions. Or we have another guy, but he's not fast enough. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, it's really when it comes down to you, what it comes down to is you're just another composer. It doesn't matter what you've done, unless you really are the top five guys doing films. They're just, well, you're easier to work with. So we'll go with the gig. So literally I've never looked for work ever since, uh, that power Rangers theme. I, from the day I even left Saban, I've always had work. I always have work. It's so encouraging to hear because, I mean, just me personally, like I'm, I'm a bad, like salesperson. So I'm, yeah, me I, too. I, I, I really love believe, I, I really believe in like the feng shui of like, you know, your occupation and stuff. And I know some people, right. we, had, we had former friends that really accused us of like leaning on that too much. But I'm like, you know, man, like I would just rather like the gigs that fit us, like kind of come to us and then are a good fit where we're giving value and they're able to like compensate us. We're doing projects we believe in and stuff, you know, instead of like trying to like, hunt for work that we may not like yeah you know? <laughs> or just money grab kind of stuff like it's got to mean something yeah yeah and even if it doesn't if they call you it ends up you just try and make it your own i've only had a few things that were just miserable every episode i get i'm like Ugh, i gotta <laughs> get through this crap and i've got to deal with this person who just is not nice and is condescending and but i'll get through it Man. and and those projects usually aren't successful at all. It's the other ones where they're like, 
I don't know. You're the composer. I love what you did. I have no notes. Yeah, the trust. And those are the people that let the director direct and the writers write, and they're not trying to get overly involved. Right, micromanage. Yeah. Yeah, we, we yeah. have a micromanage. Did you ever get involved in any of the, like, uh, I know there's there's a giant, like, era in the 2000s that I kind of uh, was in on a lot of Disney stuff or Nickelodeon stuff where they had, like, singing TV shows where there's a, every kid, every kid's a singing a song. They're constantly, like, they got three songs a show. Did you ever get to uh, do any of that kind of stuff? No, I was out of that loop. I had my one little brief thing with Disney in 2005, and then, you know, the problem afterwards for putting the demos out for... Uh, for uh, Power Rangers Mystic Force. So that was not the end of the relationship with Disney, but it, it cut that out. And I was busy working on other things. And then when I started this uh, Thunderman series on Nickelodeon, there was two or three episodes where the kids sang. But my friend who did um, Hannah Montana and whatnot was just, and guys I know that have worked on Glee, they're like, oh my God, we got to come up with a song every nine seconds. This is so, ridiculous. This is funny, Josh. Tie it in the score. Josh was part of Josh was part of uh, the Glee thing. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Let's hear yeah. Josh. Oh uh, no, I did like I think I was the first two or three episodes, and then that studio because that stuff was so back to back, constant apparently uh, that they moved it yeah. to like a Chalice Studios next to uh, Paramount. So I mean, we because I was working for a place in Burbank called uh, Resonate for a long time, and. We mm -hmm. did a lot of Disney stuff. We had tons and tons. I think I met almost all the Disney cast of that like era. But uh, yeah, it yeah, it's funny. an interesting, interesting time. I was just, uh, I just wasn't doing it back then. It, it'd be fun to do something like that. I mean, I loved any times we had musical themes or whatnot on the other sitcoms. But I don't know. The grind might be hard and. I think it'd be uh, like a friend of mine who scored some Disney show. I, I really don't remember what it's called, but he wrote a thing and they said, we love it. And then they shot to it and everybody's dancing. And then they contact him and said, you know what? It's just, it's too slow. We need something faster. And he said, you've ar you already shot to it. They said, we'll do something faster. So mm -hmm. he delivered something faster and they went, well, now it's not sinking the picture. And he goes, yeah, they were, <laughs> So I'm <laughs> kind of a glad I avoided that because I really would have hit a point and said, I don't know how you got your job. I just <laughs> don't know how you got your job. But I think uh, that happened with uh, a guy that I knew called Joachim Pearson, I think his, his name was. Mm -hmm. And he he did Camp Rock a friend for Disney. So like Demi Lovato and all that stuff. And they had they just randomly, I think, filmed a scene where they're like, we're going to just sing these songs on acoustic and then they'll just record them later. <laughs> and like that's just it's the kids playing i don't know how speed or how fast he's going so he's sitting there having to play and sync it up to the kid playing it and singing it <laughs> oh, yeah God, that sounds like uh, a maybe this is the same story i've had that before where i've gone frame by frame on a guitar player you know somebody with an acoustic guitar and had to ape what they're doing because mm -hmm. they're oh. not really playing they're just fake strumming and singing something and then slightly using the pitch bend wheel to match what they do as they're fluctuating throughout. I mean, they weren't horrible, but you know, not perfect pitch. And so that's a ton of work, but it's kind of a fun challenge too, to really make it look like somebody's playing. Mm. You're doing like reverse guitar hero. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 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 like ding, 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 ding. Okay. 
Hey, yeah. Ron, this sounds unrelated, but it'll it'll relate to something. Have you seen Tiger King yet? No, I've been waiting. My son watched it, but I'm spreading out. It, it's interesting what I've done with this isolation is, you know, obviously productions are pushed, so there's not that much work. But I decided to shift from Pro Tools. I've been using Live to score stuff. Mm-hmm. I love Ableton. Ableton Live. And Pro Tools mm-hmm. is just a pig for composers. <laughs> so I really decided to buckle down and learn Logic um, Pro X. Love which logic. is, I just about, yeah, I'm starting to really love it. Tonight I was writing my first thing on it. I'm like, wow, screw Pro Tools. And for anybody who uses Pro Tools, it's the industry standard for every show that's mixed, every movie, everything in the world. It's incredible for audio. But as a composer, you start loading up instruments called virtual instruments, and it just it gets confused. It gets lost. You have to... it's. It crashes. You have to walk across the street. It's crying on a curb. It doesn't know how to handle this stuff. <laughs> yeah, I love Logic for the same. I think I heard like you know years and years ago. I heard a story about like Ryan Tedder writing songs on Logic in an airplane. You know, I was like, I need to figure out what that is. You know, I love Logic. Yeah, and, uh, I mean, I w- wait till you like dive into like all the peripherals because you can do stuff on GarageBand on your phone and an iPad. You know, and then it, you can pull it into Logic later right. and stuff. So that's it's a- it's crazy. So. And it's been good for my brain. So well, the, uh, the reason I brought up Tiger I King haven't was, been watching that much television. Okay. Well, the reason I brought up Tiger King was because uh, the main character Joe Exotic has a country music career, and mm-hmm. this is a minor spoiler, but it's, it's everywhere now. Um, he he Which didn't fun. really sing or write the songs. It is kind of a general understanding. And oh, but in the show, in the music videos, I think most musicians are watching it. Like, yeah, we know that a because his speaking and singing voice are not even like dissimilar. <laughs> They're just not even the same person. But also, he's he's playing guitar in these videos. Like he's he's doing all the typical country videos. He's standing on top of a pickup truck, strumming an acoustic guitar. They did a bad green screen of a storm behind him. <laughs> you know, they use like the but but then he, the guitar he's playing, oh. he like doesn't move off like a C chord or something through like the entire song. <laughs> you know, as he's like in the visual and stuff, yeah. but the whole song has these intricate, like, you know, lead lines and like different the chords change and stuff. Yeah, just the rhythm itself. So I, that's I just, where you need a musician on the set. I had that on sitcoms. They're like, they can't play, but just tell them what to do. Yeah. So I would go, okay, just your fake bass playing, but just every once in a while move your hands so it looks like your left hand's not just dead. Yeah. <laughs> It's like all those stock photos of uh, violinists who are holding their bow wrong or something. Oh, wow. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I've been on the set with that. I'm like, okay, hold it like this. Move the fingers. I don't even know what you're doing because I don't play this. So if you fool me, we can fool everybody. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think Josh had some questions about some games, some CD games. Oh, yeah. Like, you know, like in the, in the 90s where, like, cartoons they, they for movies and stuff they just it was an adult movie and they'd turn it into a kid's cartoon you know and uh i remember playing uh i think it was the ace ventura games uh, oh yeah i and, did that uh, monty python also and i was like yeah there's yeah. a million k- click and play games like how how was that putting that stuff together it was amazing because that was my first gig after i left saban when i jumped without a safety net and didn't know if i would find any work and then two weeks later, I get called to this company called Seventh Level, and it's headed by two guys, Bob Ezrin, 
who had produced like Pink Floyd and Alice Cooper. I mean, he wow. did the Wall album. Yes. And so he's oh, wow. like the main guy. And then Scotty Page, who was a sax player who played with Pink Floyd and everybody in town. But so Bob Ezrin just said the initial thing was a game for something called Tamaguchi, like an egg that. Oh, yeah. You know, Kids were, I, I don't even know what the hell it was now. But um, so I scored that and I said, any notes? And he goes, nope, love it. Uh, we're moving on. Now we're going to do Ace Ventura. I mean, he was just a dream to work for because he was a music guy. Mm-hmm. My only problem was I had a limited amount, amount of voices in MIDI. So I had to set up this PC like uh, general MIDI configuration. And everything had to be written with those sounds in general MIDI. Oh, wow. I was occasionally able to put in songs that ate up, you know, they could put on the actual DVD or CD-ROM, whatever it was then. Mm -hmm. But it was so restricted on the amount of space I had to score stuff. But it was a blast, especially the Monty Python stuff, because I worked with uh, Eric Idle and John Cleese for a few days. And it was just, they were just crazy hysterical. Nice. That's awesome. Wait, you, so you've touched points on like like almost every like '90s like staple. Because even like Tamagotchi. Uh, well, I, so we call them Tamagotchis. Um, right. That that that's yeah. like one of the most nostalgic like '90s things. It was, so it's, it's funny because uh, resurgence. Yeah. One of our friends, uh, girlfriends, does the marketing for that company's in the U.S. And they brought uh-huh. that that toy back for like at the end of last year. Oh, good. Yeah, and, my kid yeah, actually just asked sure. for one. Oh really? I, oh, I wish I would yeah. know because we because I, I had some and I just sold them. Um, but the <laughs> okay. so they it was funny because we we met up with those guys at this uh, at this meetup and they they gave us some because they're like color screens now with Bluetooth and all this crazy stuff. And sure. I was like, oh man, I remember Tamagotchis, and they're like, okay, so I know this is gonna be nitpicky, but when we signed the contract with them, they were like, it's Tamagotchi. We're like, have we been pronouncing it wrong for thirty years? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because even the commercials like back there, like, yeah. <laughs> Even yeah, the commercials exactly. back in the '90s were like Tamagotchis, Tamagotchis, and like yeah. apparently that annoyed the Japanese for like decades. And so wow. when they signed this like new contract, they're like Tamagotchi, or we don't sign. Yeah. <laughs> well, no, they, they well, said that the the how it worked was like they were in the room. They're like, we're so glad to be working with Tamagotchi, and the the Japanese guy shook his hands like Tamagotchi. <laughs> like, okay, <laughs> dang. And then he pulled uh, a samurai sword out. <laughs> Very sorry, sorry, sorry. Yeah, exactly. I have to cut your head off. well that's interesting that that's bad yeah but yeah it's total dumb luck that i flew around all that stuff and it's been it really it's just been luck luck and your reputation Hmm. yeah Yeah, luck and well that's that's the thing you just have to be nice i've always just been calm and kind though no matter what the situation so it can always be dealt with, I, you know, again, how I grew up and what I went through and especially in my 20s, just having work, even if it was a nightmare, was still better than I always remember what I've been through. Just like all of us are going to remember this time to some yeah. degree. I know we're going to go back to crowded freeways and pollution and consumerism and, and all that stuff. But somewhere in the back of everybody's mind over 20 that's gone through this. There, something will change, and they yeah. will never forget this time. Dude, I mm-hmm. wish I had some because sort of sure, political... Because, sure, people's... Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. 
No, no. no. You, go ahead. I, I mean, like people who went through the depression, they mm-hmm. all had something or went through, you know, the, uh, the Cuban missile crisis and whatnot. But even at that time, it was, it was still, it was even worse than this. But right now, every single day we wake up, we do not know if we'll be alive in five days. Yeah. And that is just profound. Yeah, I, I had mentioned to a friend, I was like, I hope when this is all, you know, all over, um, like that we just collect, mm-hmm. I wish I had some sort of political lobbying capabilities. I just want to like, like lobby for like the world to be like, hey, can we just do this without the pandemic every year? Like for a month? I agree. Like everybody just pause. Yeah. And we just be like, okay, everybody take a deep breath, take a little holiday. We're not going to worry about buying anything. Except for whiskey. Anything, and then just and stay home. Paper. Yeah. Yeah. Just stay home, Whiskey. and then when we well, then we'll come back to this. But we all get to breathe for a month. <laughs> yeah, it's been in it's been an incredible experience for a lot of people that I'm very close to. They're really figuring out. They were too busy running around, too yeah. busy buying, too busy visiting, whatever, and it's really slowed them down. And it's going to be remarkable to see what comes out of this. I. I think there'll be a lot of positive stuff, even though it may not be so obvious on the surface. Yeah, totally. Hmm. And look at L.A. right now. My God, the skies are gorgeous. There's no pollution. The trees are (laughs) are expanding. I mean, they're expanding. They're growing like crazy. There's wildlife in the streets. I have a freaking rabbit living in my backyard. (laughs) I forget. I don't um, even know how he got there. She, he. I forget which right. which index it was, but I just read that w- with one of these air quality indexes, uh, L.A. is the mm-hmm. highest rated now for the first time since 1980. And stuff is like, <laughs> wow. oh, so if everybody just stops driving for three weeks, then we can actually have the clearest air in the world. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's obviously not all Teslas. Yeah. <laughs> Although it seems like it is, but it's not. It's just, yeah, it's been weird. And the weather is weird and we're getting lots of rain and then we get sun it's it it's pretty weird yeah it's like it's the great we- but the weather knows that there's a pandemic too because like as soon as like like this that first like week that um the mayor put everybody kind of on the, the light light lockdown like it just start gray skies yeah. and like start raining I'm like does it know the apocalypse <laughs> is happening <laughs> yeah it's like another blessing i know a lot of you people out there hate california but you know, we got bad weather and rain as soon as this started, and we don't go out in the rain anyways because it'll hurt <laughs> our plastic surgery. So, you know. We'll melt. <laughs> we'll melt. Oh, my go, God, a raindrop. Go through 30 <laughs> earthquakes. And we can't drive we'll in it. No, seriously, you definitely oh, can't you, drive in it. <laughs> and did you see there's, there's, for whatever, there's less earthquakes all of a sudden worldwide? No. I mean, this is weird. Yeah, you you can Google it. There's been a big reduction in tectonic movement ever since everybody started isolating or self-isolating. That's so weird. And they can't even begin to understand why. Right. That's a question for uh, that Neil deGrasse guy, Tyson. (laughs) Tyson. He's like, y'all stop moving. The world stop vibrating. The world stop moving. Exactly. (laughs) For once, you're not fucking it all up with your Range Rovers. <laughs> with your Range Rovers. The aliens with finally reset Rangers. the simulation. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a really weird time. So look, in another week, 
when you guys play this, everybody's still going to be in isolation. So I hope you're all safe. I hope your family and your loved ones are safe. And this is just something we all have to go through together. So at least the world isn't passing us by. We're not stuck at home while everybody else is out having fun. We're all equally miserable and terrified (laughs) we're going to run out of toilet paper. (laughs) That was kind of why I brought up some other friends. I know it sucks for a lot of people who are out of work or like the economy's crashing and stuff, but like this is a very rare circumstance where it's almost the entire world at once or within a few months of each other. And so it's just like a little bit different now to like kind of stay put because, you know, like my parents are, are Korean and had to live through like the horrors of the Korean War and stuff and so like when this happened sure. like, mom how you doing she was freaking out for a little bit but she was like then i remembered that i survived the korean war <laughs> you know and yeah. so she she already had her doomsday garden going for like since y2k so she's like i have fresh vegetables See? Like, oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and that's you had just touched on that ron about you know generations living through these type of things and living with those experiences on moving forward and everything yeah, people carry these experiences with them to the next Power Rangers theme. Or the <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. It'd be a really dark, hot I'm sure Cleveland. Hasbro is going to say, I want something more emotional now for this. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so I, I, don't, I don't know if you're allowed to talk about it, but are, do you have any connection with the Hasbro version of the Power Rangers since they acquired them last a couple years ago? No, absolutely have not heard a thing, and it's not something I'm going to go after with them if they call i'm in if they don't i'm not and i I know nothing about what's going on there i have one lead that if it works maybe this will be our sign but like we have a friend that i don't want to call him out here but like we have a friend that like is pretty high up in like the the music side of hasbro and if he has Mm -hmm. any say in it that might kind of be a cool but if it doesn't then like you said it's just it wasn't part of like the the flow of like where Mm -hmm. things are supposed to go Exactly. That's, uh, that's the other thing. And that's really not, um, just reasoning with things. It's not a coping mechanism when something doesn't happen for me. It, Mm -hmm. it, it turns out to have been a blessing in the long term. Even if initially I'm like, Oh my God, this this is horrible. Yeah. Uh, But it, it ends up working out to be a blessing. So I just roll with it. There was there was this uh, actually this week this contract that came up for something uh, for for me that was like I had kind of like I really I, I was like seventy percent don't want to do it right but then like well a gig's a gig right now you know and so right. they they set up like this interview like this remote interview and they're like pick a day you know I have time and the day and time they picked that the only one that they were available to interview me for it uh, was the only day I was helping another friend with like a YouTube video and it was like one 24 hour time period I would be unavailable and I was like you know what that's my sign I didn't want to do this and they picked the one day in the past month and foreseeable future that I'll ever be busy right <laughs> and, and you know that's a testament to what you had said before about RKVC and the way we kind of taking stuff we don't mm. just like take in everything we take in stuff we want and and we wait for things to come yeah. to us instead of hound things down so this makes sense you like waited or just or just happened to like lay itself out like that you know what i mean i just i was talking to our friend well marvelous she who asked a question earlier and uh i over text for another conversation and she was like i think there's a sign i'm like dude like everything right now is a sign like i think everybody's being Actually, quiet you know and just kind of like pay everything. attention you know <laughs> that, that's another good thing ron a uh, question to you actually uh the the kind of listening to the universe and in in your whole span of uh doing all the cues and scores and 
theme songs, stuff like that. It, was there a thing that, that you just kind of let go through, you know, your, your body or like, I'm not to be like too frou-frou, but listening to the universe and letting things come through. Could you speak on that a little? Yeah, it's always been, um, that's, that's one great thing I've been tapped into forever. And, and believe me, I'm not buying, uh, uh self-help books or anything. Right, it's just right. something I noticed. It's, um, uh, I've always really followed my gut on stuff um, in my career and my personal life. And even in, I'll bring you a great example, the most recent. So tw it's September okay. 2018, and I'm mountain biking like nuts, like 90 miles a week. I'm out every day. And this one day I'm out September 4th, 2018. I'm at the top of a hill, and I look at it, and my gut says, don't do it. And my oh. brain says, we have time. Let's do it. And I did it, and I decimated my right elbow. Oh. So my arm will never be straight. It doesn't hurt or anything. It's really healing. It'll still be another two years. You got any metal in there? Um, uh, no, they took it back out because the, uh, the specialist didn't like what the guy did with the metal. And, Good. But the thing is, my hand functions fine. My life's oh, fine, good. but my arm will always be at a slight, like I'm losing about 5% of the extension. Yeah. Oh, man. And when I reach for something, so I've lost about two, three inches. That's a fine example of when I didn't follow it. But in most of my life, people I've met, projects, I've just gone, you know, you get that gut instinct. And as much as I've wanted it or thought it would be good for me, I've learned to walk away. And the times I didn't, it has just stressed me out and put another wrinkle on my face. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, what a great answer. Thank you. Luke. But I think song. everybody has that in them. You just have to be honest with yourself. Everybody's really got to it. Do. You just really have to be honest. It's yeah. hard. Yeah. It's I, not I, ask, I ask friends that all the time. They're like, okay, cool. I'll remember to do that. I'm like, I'll, like, look me in the eye. Are you, <laughs> are you going to remember? No. Like, are you going to do it? No. Because like, if you're not, that's fine. I just need to know right now. Because you know right, you know right yeah. now if you're going to do it or not. Yeah. Like, but I'm going to find out later if you are. So you just need to tell me right now, and I'll be okay with it. <laughs> like, no, no, dude, I'm not going to do it. Look, I got to go. I've got a meeting tomorrow. I'll talk to you later. And they're looking yeah. at their watch or at their phone, and you're like, oh, they're going to do it. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny you mentioned that, they come that back date. later, and they go, you're right. What do you think about this thing? You're like, don't do it. Don't do it. You're right. I'm not going to do it. Dude, I did that one too, and it didn't work out. I have another <laughs> oh. thing. And some people, it's a pattern. And mm. I think they do that to protect themselves from failure. Even though they fail, they they don't want to do they don't want to go through whatever process to just follow their gut and find some success. Because once you have some success, most people are scared to death of failing or disappearing after that. Right. Instead of just saying, I'm lucky. I've had some yeah great luck and things went well whatever happens happens we have some friends specifically i'm going to try my best to leave out enough details so you can't so people listening can't pinpoint who they are but there was a specific situation where they wanted a very specific like gig in la and it was just like a pie mm -hmm. in the sky like well you know well ron you know a lot of like crews in la they're pretty locked in unless it's something new you know like you work with a crew and if they right. work you don't really change much and this one specific job opening for what this person wanted, like opened up and I happened to know someone who was able to get the interview. So I was like, dude, I, I can get you the interview right now for that gig you wanted, you know, 
it's like that we said in a million years would never open up. It just opened up. And I happen to know like the roommate of the person that's going to hire for it. And they were like, oh, yeah, you know, I don't know. There'll be times like this is all you've been talking about for a year. So, and yeah. I just tell like, okay, it's that told fear me. that they'll fail at something big. And I and that balls you're talking about up. Tom Hanks, right? It's gotta <laughs> yeah, be totally. Tom Hanks. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> loser. <laughs> but, what a chicken loser. Yeah. <laughs> you're just wild. But you when you mentioned uh September fourth, two thousand eighteen, uh I I remember that day specifically too, mainly because that same day Vince and I were releasing one of our first new songs in a couple of years. We had a big release party in Hollywood and it went really well. Yeah. And in the middle of that, Scott from NerdSync called us and he was like, I'm releasing the X-Men video today. We're like, cool. We're kind of busy because we're in the middle of a bunch of sound checks and stuff. But I'll hit up Ron as, you know, as soon as I get a free wow. moment. And we, we were in a break between sound check and hitting the stage. And I like look at my phone. I'm like, I'm going to text you. And then I just saw your thing about being in an accident. I'm like, bad time. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I'll give it a few days. And then the pictures. <laughs> well, everything. that probably would have been a good time to call my, my friends who came by, which I don't remember them coming by, said, dude, you were a Fucked up because <laughs> they had, and I thought that I was completely on my game the whole time. But I guess uh, morph uh, sw- uh, swapping every other hour between morphine and uh, Percocet. Um, apparently, I wasn't on my game, <laughs> but I was happy. <laughs> then so you got we your mighty talked, and that's Go ahead. I was gonna say then that, and that's when you got your mighty morphine, Power Rangers. No. Oh yeah, it was the first time. I'm like, yeah, this is morphine. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It was a uh, it was a weird time. thing because they couldn't do surgery on me that night because they had to order parts from a hospital in L.A. and they said they'll be here in the morning. What are you Jeez. like a used so car? So they said just enjoy <laughs> it. I know it's exactly uh, what I felt. I felt like a brake pad. We don't have parts for this year, so uh, we got you got to wait a day. Hey, some kid had a brake fall out of their car last night. <laughs> yeah, we gotta we gotta uh, get it cleaned up. Currently, it's on set and then for a pilot, but we can get it by the morning and stick it in your arm. Man, I wish <laughs> in my head I'm gonna believe that one of the nurses went to go hook you up, and it was like, "Go, go, mighty morphine, Power Rangers! It's morphine time!" <laughs> and then hooked you up, and you were you were just passed out or something. Was oh, like, yeah. I want to believe that one I, of the nurses. I don't like, think they. I don't think they knew because uh, <laughs> that didn't happen. But in. I really should have done that. I should <laughs> have said, by up. the way, I'm <laughs> very famous for a kid's theme and nerds love me. It's morphine time. <laughs> hey, it's morphine time. Oh my gosh. Uh, oh. That didn't even occur to me. That would have been hysterical, but I probably would have got the look like, dude, you're go away. Yeah, it's like, let's up his yeah, dose. Have your surgery and go home. Yeah, it's one of two things. You're either annoying them or you're making their day. It's so hilarious. <laughs> yeah, I was just trying to make them laugh and trying to keep everything light. The funniest thing was I was dehydrated. They wouldn't let me have water because they thought I might go in for surgery, yet they wanted me oh. to pee, which turned out it was going to be for a drug test because they couldn't figure out somebody like me could uh, or anybody could push a 51 pound bike out on their hip for an hour and a half to find help and i said well i did it because i'm in shape and the fucking thing cost me five thousand bucks and i'm cheap i'm cheap i'm inherently cheap and there's no way i'm leaving this bike in the bushes for somebody to steal yeah 
and and then um so that was kind of for the first couple hours that was the joke you need to pee i'm like i need some what i don't have anything in me <laughs> yeah it's i don't it's be dust I, man <laughs> you know <laughs> i don't know how to explain this to you so finally they gave me water and uh i filled that thing to the very brim <laughs> and put the lid on like they do it at like a Diet Coke at McDonald's where they put the lid on and some shoots out of the top. <laughs> Thank you for that I visualization. I back at them. You're yeah, here. Thanks. Well, yeah. <laughs> Here's like my a, Like a Diet Coke. That's great. It was very funny. So oh, man. What we just, balls. Uh, what balls to just thank you. Th- throw yourself <laughs> off the side of a mountain. <laughs> Yeah, I haven't hiked back there yet because it's seven and a half miles from where you can park, and I, I, I don't know. I don't know if I want to see it. I may see it and get all <laughs> shaky, like PTSD. Uh, your friend Tom Hanks, yeah, <laughs> going for the audition he didn't go for. Man, if there's anything that's metal, it's that. I mean, and not the metal in your <laughs> arm. <laughs> yeah, carrying a bike. <laughs> like hardcore yeah so initially they put in two plates and 20 screws and then i went to a specialist at cedars and he said i'm gonna pull that out and i'm gonna move your nerve back to where it should be and i'm gonna go in and clean this and i'm gonna you know do what i do and cedar cyanide Cyanide. and then the third uh yes cyanide (laughs) and then and then after that a few weeks after that surgery went well the next thing is I put you to sleep and just twist your arm and see if I can get it straight. So apparently for 45 minutes, he just cranks up and back trying to open up the rebuilt oh, elbow joint. Oh, Jesus. And that didn't hurt. Yeah. yeah. And, and then none of this ever hurt. And then they put me in a cast uh, after that and said, okay, drive home. So I'm on like Percocet. I have a brand new <laughs> green cast. It, it's a solid cast with no space to move. And then the arms swole, started to swell up. And those no. were the only seven days where I just went, this is really not fun. Oh, my gosh, man. And I, I was trying to find ways to cut it off. <laughs> oh, wow. I, the pressure alone. But they make it extra thick. Yeah, when they put it on, they're like, one person's pulling on my wrist, another's holding on the shoulder, and the third one's putting the cast on. It's like it's like laughable. It, it was so funny. It just felt primitive. Yeah. Oh, my God. Man. But, you know, it's, uh, it's my fault, and that's when I didn't follow my gut. So the lesson of that 20 minutes of talking is follow your gut. <laughs> I, I didn't know that story. That's, that's incredible. Oh, man, yeah. It's just when you're like open, you're listening, even if you're not like, you know, religious or like believe in any of that stuff, like just be, like listening, being aware, you know, of like the messages around you, you know, I think, yeah, 90% of it is right. that is being present in the situation you're in. Cause if you're not, it's going to, the, those chances will pass by you so quickly mm-hmm. and it may be the never, you'll never get that chance again. Maybe that. Yeah. Well, there's, there was this like, exactly. Scene, there was a scene in um, it was one of the Night at the Museum movies, and it's my favorite like gag is uh, you know like all the statues come to life, and yeah, right. so Ben Stiller like there's a somebody like steals a bus or something, and they they like take off and Ben Stiller's like oh my god like how are we ever gonna catch him and then Poca not Pocahontas, what's Pocahontas? I know, uh, Sacagawea, Sacagawea, Sacagawea like it's like she puts her hand to the ground and then she points and she's like they drove 
and then they drove headed west and then crashed the van and then Ben Stiller's like, how did you figure that out? And they look up and 10 feet in front of them where no one was looking up. The van had crashed like 10 <laughs> feet away from the building. <laughs> and she wasn't necessarily mystical. She was just paying attention. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like there's yeah. like that in big things and little things. And I'm, I'm, I don't mean to pick on Vince. This is just a really good example. Yeah. We were at um, in uh, L.A. Figget 7th. It's a little shopping center in the middle of downtown L.A. And we parked in the parking garage. And I was like, okay, we're going to go this way. And then Vince was like, no, 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 this is how we go. I'm like, there's, okay. And then yeah, we got lost. But then like when we came back, he's like, let's do it my way. He's like, how'd you know? I was like, there's a big arrow on this wall that says move this way. And it's like seven feet tall. <laughs> <laughs> and then every time you turn, there's another arrow that's a little bit bigger. And then on the ground, they have like little footsteps they've painted that say, follow this. <laughs> they get inside. <laughs> and I'm like, I don't feel like, I don't feel like I had any intuition. I just looked at the sign. <laughs> right. The literal sign. Yeah, the arrows that go here. <laughs> and then I've had the reverse where I say, I think we should go this way. And the person I'm with goes, duh, there's a sign right there that says go this way. <laughs> so it works both ways. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I have an innate there's sense of There's time you're like, direction. I'm going with my gut, I'm going with my gut feeling. And you look like a complete moron. <laughs> it's like, cool, your, your gut's cool. I can read. So I think the lesson <laughs> is to like, to... There's no Obviously, lesson. There's, I know. <laughs> no kidding. But it, yeah, the, there's no lesson. The, for sure, follow your gut. But sometimes your gut can be wrong. But if you didn't try, then you would have never known. And I think that's more important. In some cases, The only yeah. time I follow my gut 100% of the time is with food. Hey. Um, I'll be eating something or I'll smell it. And my gut will go like, dude, I'm going to fuck your world up tomorrow <laughs> if you eat this. <laughs> Can't you smell it? There's something wrong with this. They're trying. This is not. Don't eat this. And that I'll follow 100% of the time, even if I'm starving. <laughs> I've had plenty of times I've taken a bite of something and I've spit it out in the napkin and said, you know what? I'm really not hungry. I'll just have. <laughs> we, you, you make better choices. Yeah. As you get m more experience with this food stuff, man. It's Producer oh, yeah. me a sandwich Absolutely. from like a. Producer brought me a sandwich from like a one of those road their favorite roadside sandwich place, and like I took a bite of it and it was like awful, and I like kind of like pushed down like half of it, and I was like, mm, real good, and like why didn't you eat the other? Why didn't you eat the full sandwich? Like I'm saving it for later <laughs> when they're gonna yeah. need to test it at the hospital. <sighs> yeah, exactly. Pull their license. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. It's funny that kind of actually it's a really loose tie-in, but it reminds me of uh, the the amount of places I've seen you or your work pop up. Um, so, like about the eating expired food, there's a new favorite YouTube channel, one of my favorite YouTube channels I just discovered last year called Chad Tronic, and he he does things mm -hmm. like '90s nostalgia stuff. So he was making things out of Easy Bake ovens and stuff, but obviously all that stuff oh. expired in the '90s and early 2000s. So he's eating it. And he's like, "Yep, shouldn't eat this," but he has a comic book series that uh, you did the theme song for. What was it? The I can't say the teenage fighting food dudes. Oh, right. I remember that was, uh, yeah, that was, yeah, that was just one of those things where I had time and he said, will you do this for me? And I did it. <laughs> That's Simple been quite that. a while. Well, I'm glad he's still doing stuff. Good for him. Yeah, his channel is, I'm not sure what they're doing with the comic book series or anything, but I remember the video where he announced that it was happening I, he made a big deal of it. He's like, and guys, you won't believe who we got to do the theme song. 
And then he said, I was like, oh, hey, look at that. And that's why I texted you. I was like, hey, I just saw you on this thing with the tomato. is like a Ninja Turtle. <laughs> yeah, it, was, it was cute. Yeah, he sent the artwork. I remember that. I'm like, oh, this is kind of cool looking. <laughs> you get the artwork. You're like, this is 10 times more notes than I had in the 90s. <laughs> oh, yeah, exactly. I don't know. Use the word go. It's called Mighty Morphin. Yeah. <laughs> Have a good night. We're going home. And then we were at, have you ever been to Frankenstein's? The um, you know what you would call it. It's kind of like a trade show, or not such trade no. show. It's it's kind swap of like meet. yeah, it's like a swap meet, but for like nostalgic and geeky things and stuff. They recently got a new building, but um, it's basically like the the sales floor at Comic Con, except like tolerable and a better selection. <laughs> you can move. Yeah, and it's there like almost yeah. every well, not now, but every week, other weekend, like when it's not like quarantine. Um, and it's amazing. They just moved into uh, an old Walmart, so they're bigger and like cleaner now. I mean, it was it wasn't like not clean before, but it was older, you know. But I, I, we were sure. walking around there, and I forget we were looking at like old PlayStation games, and then over the loudspeakers, we just hear your the Power Rangers Locals. Redux version wow. of Power Rangers. And oh, I was like, lovely! Well, how awesome is that? He just had it playing like off his phone into like the Bluetooth speakers in the in his like section of the store. And stuff I was like that's awesome. That would be so weird. I've only had a few times in my life, and it was with the band stuff, where I'd be walking through a mall and I'd just go, "Wait, that's us!" Wow, <laughs> that's weird. But I don't think I, there's maybe been one time I've been driving. This was in the '90s, and you know, sitting in whatever the hell I was, piece of crap car I still had, sitting at a light and. Uh, you know, in the background, I hear that's not a good representation. But I would hear the Power <laughs> Rangers theme coming through somebody's door. Nice. So that happened a few times, and that was very, very cool. And I, I kept meaning to ask you, but I it never didn't did. happen enough. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I get meaning to ask you, I didn't know for sure, but um, the Power Rangers Redux album, is that the only way that fans could support you financially? For the Power Rangers theme song? Yeah, I mean, I don't care if they can stream it or do do whatever. Yeah, that's the only thing that I see a bit off. But you know how streaming services are now. So I just yeah. did it to do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I guess if, if you're a fan out there and you want to hear, like, kind of like, uh, Ron, what we, I think you said in our last interview, when you had the luxury of time, like how yes. you could do them, and then also, like, kind of support in a small way. Uh, because the way the, the deal worked out was... Um, was was it considered work for hire? It was it was kind of like yeah, on salary work to for, do stuff. Work for hire, and I was either an independent contractor or salary at that time, or wow. hourly. I was hourly, and it was just uh, that was the deal then. But it's it's nothing to worry about because things, you know, picked up substantially after that. Yeah, but yeah. if you want to just listen, it's uh, just iTunes. Everybody's got it. SoundCloud, and I mean everywhere you stream. So you yeah, just and say Power Rangers Redux or Redo, we'll put the, we'll put, depending we'll put on their the, system. Yeah, we'll put the uh, link in the show notes of this podcast so you guys can check that out if you haven't heard them already because that was back in 2011 or 12? 2012, I think. Awesome. And a lot of people wrote and said, why did you remaster this stuff, which was the greatest <laughs> compliment. And I said, well, if you notice, yeah, it's the same tempo and it sounds the same, but you know, the guitar solos are different and... You know, yeah. I just did it to do it, and I got hooked on it, and I figured, what the hell, I'll do this for fun. That's awesome. And see if anybody cares, and apparently a lot of people were waiting to have uh, just recordings of the songs. 
Yeah, because I don't think those masters they, they don't exist. I think I'm the only one on the planet that has the original. Uh, well, I converted in the wave file. It has the original wave files of oh, those wow. of some of those songs, not all of them, but most of them. That's great, and yeah, also it's kind of. Sucks. I'm saving I, them for my kids so we can go to Pawn Stars. Other stuff. <laughs> the the day run. I yeah. die, you go. My dad just died, and I have to sell this stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Are they the splits, or is it just like uh, the track? No on the splits. Show? Uh, you know what? On the on something somewhere. Wait a minute. Let me check. I have this cataloging <laughs> system. Let me see if I. It may not be here. Uh, uh, Power Rangers theme vocals uh, i bet it'll come up for redux a redo a remake no items found somewhere i thought i ran into um just vocals only on the original theme and the mm. playback because we had oh, wow. a, everything was split back then and we everything was delivered in mono i think originally oh, wow no way. or i had to do i had to collapse it because uh, majority of the televisions in America were still mono back then. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm sure mine giant That's tube a good, one was mono. Oh yeah, they were. That'd be a great thing for you guys to figure out as a trivia question. Were the first seasons of Power Rangers in stereo or mono? How did Fox Ooh. broadcast them? You heard it here first. Yeah, we'll have to take a look. See, I honestly don't remember. I mean, I I remember being really into Power Rangers when I was a kid. Um, I, I my parent. It might have been one of the only toys that my parents actually had to do the whole jingle all the way thing for me. Like, for mm-hmm. the most part, I feel like my, my mom told me I was pretty chill for the most part. My brother was another story, but he became a pastor, so it worked out. But, uh, like, I, I was just like, oh, yeah, whatever. But then the Power Rangers came out, and I was like, you need to get me the Black Ranger, or I'm not your child anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Buy me toys now. I'll kill the cat. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I but I have but since then I haven't gone back to watch the episodes cuz I'm I'm going to guess that they they don't age well, you know, but who knows? I mean, yeah, I Yeah, it's best to, to just think they were great. <laughs> yeah. Man. But uh we did, I did mention this in the uh the video that we did together a couple of years ago that in the remake they did with Elizabeth Banks um when they the, the Megazord is like being assembled, they just they ignore all the the scoring conventions they had like uh, established earlier in the movie and they just straight up play the mm-hmm. original theme and our theater was just like oh it erupted stand up like screaming you know they're like the whole movie sucked until this point <laughs> there's just something about yeah it's yeah, an that, energy that that just it. uh with the films they just couldn't they couldn't get it straight had i i really wish i'd been able to do that first film whenever it was 95 96 yeah, that yeah. would have just rocked with Ivan Ooze. I had mm-hmm. everybody ready to go, but it just, uh, you know, I didn't get the gig. <laughs> it was, inter- it was interesting to see how they decided to market that because the one song I remember from the power Rangers movie is that song by the, the girl duo shampoo or something. And they, and they had a song oh, called, right, Oh, yeah. I'm in trouble. Oh, I'm in trouble. Yeah. And I remember, I might, might just been trouble, but I remember they made a huge deal out of it on TV. This is kids. This is when we had to wait for things on TV. I remember it was like some TV show happened. They're like, stay tuned, because after the credits, you're going to hear the world debut of the Power Rangers theme song. We're like, cool, Power Rangers. And then there was these two like British girls like, uh-oh, we're in trouble. I was like, I mean, it's a cool song, but what the hell is this? <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> What happened to the guitars? 
uh, Saban was trying to start a label and they were going to sign all sorts of people. And um, there you go. That's why in Sweet Valley High, the soundtrack, I think, has that too. When it didn't no. work for Power Rangers, I think they went, oh, now it's a Sweet Valley High song. Oh, my God. I didn't know they that. They probably <laughs> pulled the same stuff. Oh, wow. <laughs> oh, that's wild. So, so great. Do you guys have any more questions? Oh. Ah, yeah, I Josh. think we've taken enough of his time. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's fine. I'm fine. But, yeah, I, I guess we've discussed everything. We we can't say what he's been up to because everybody's locked at home. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I guess like that. I mean, I know for uh, me and Vince, you know, like uh, we don't have any kids, at least not that we're aware of, and they're not with us. Uh, but <laughs> but uh, the, there was that stint I did back in China. Yeah, I was gonna say like the 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 touring stories might reveal otherwise, but um, but right now, like it, we've actually been able to catch up on like backlogged work. You know, like both That's like great. paid gigs, uh, like uh, unpaid gigs and stuff, and then I've gotten to play video games yeah. for the first time. Some like passion projects that we just never had time for we're able to get to now. And then somehow on top of all that, get a full night's sleep every night. I'm like, is this what balance feels uh, like? This is like <laughs> the most uh, guitar I've played in a while. <laughs> so it's usually great. Just out. I mean, it's going to, like I said, it's going to be fascinating to see how everybody comes out of this. I think there's going to be, uh, you know, Couples who get closer, and of course, those that it's freaking over after this amount of time together. <laughs> and there's just, and people may go, you know what? I never painted and I did it during the pandemic and I really like it. Now I'm going to take classes. And, and yeah, it seems like maybe people's creativity may get expanded a bit instead of constantly right. needing to just watch TV. Yeah, I think you're right. Plus, uh, people are running out of things to watch so they're gonna need to start exercising some new hobbies here yeah they'll figure it out it'll be fascinating well it I, really I will how, be i don't know how it was how it's been for you guys but like because i mean everybody has a little bit different experiences like josh has kids you know ron you have your son with you and and mm -hmm. like for me like i've you know ever since college i've been wanting to be in the music business so bad um and i love doing i love songwriting that I like fill every right. waking moment with it because there's so much other bullshit that I'm forced to do that's not music. So every free second sure. is moving towards that music thing. But now with this whole like world on lockdown and pausing for a second, uh, like I'm able to do all the music things I want to during the day and then don't feel guilty about pursuing other interests. You know? Yeah. Like, Good. Like yesterday, yeah. I just I figured out how to fix the Joy Cons on my Nintendo Switch, <laughs> and I made a YouTube video Great. about it today. And I'm like, I like doing that, and I don't feel guilty about doing that because earlier today I did did all this music shit, you know, and I, I, right. it, it's it's so like I feel like a person, you know. And it's like you said, it's like almost how it's like changing. we're finally getting to live. It's weird, right? It's like you that said earlier. Really it's like how this is going to change everybody forever. But I know at the 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 personal level, like for me, like I, I'm like this is how I would feel like if I, I wasn't constrained by all like the. Uh, like the overabundance of pressures, you know, from other directions, you know, because even right. though the last like five or six years, me and Vince have been doing music full time. It's been like, you know, scrounging for work and stuff. But before then, when we were working day jobs, it was like, well, now we only have four hours after work, you know, uh, hardly something. did music. Mm -hmm. yeah. And, and so like, it was just like, just do that. But now it's like, okay, I can work on music. Um, and then now I'm like, okay, well, I'm done with that. And I'm done with some YouTube stuff. And, uh, now I can play Animal Crossing. <laughs> it, it, just the, yeah, uh, having, just having that 
uh, perspective of like uh, for all of us really, what we do is we're creating these assets, and if we if you look at it that way, it makes it a lot easier to to want to make more and and mm-hmm. want to continue to grow with doing so. And I think uh, yeah, I think that's a great thing. It's like being in some ways. It's like being very young again when you yeah. lived with your parents because. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, you just get to your days. It's like summer vacation in a way. You're like, ah, I'll go do this today. Right. It's, it's really interesting. And I know Megan. a lot of people are still, you know, they're suffering and they're scared to death. They're going to lose their place to live. So I'm not making light of this, but it's just, it's a weird time. There's it's, opportunities. Might be good. Yeah, yeah I, I was gonna say we we pointed this out in our live streams before that like you know we're privileged to be in a position where like we're we're not stuck in all those like horrible situations you know like we're not like deathly ill we're not gonna like lose you know a house or something yeah it can't be kicked out or anything mm-hmm. so like we're you know we feel very like uh, privileged in that way but also very thankful for it and appreciate everybody out there it's like doing delivery and medical work and all that all stuff. you first responders hell yeah oh. But unbelievable. Our uh, our friend Megan had pointed out she was like, because uh, I asked her, I was like, oh, "How you doing?" You know, and she was like, "It feels like a sleepover that won't end." <laughs> <laughs> there you go. That's pretty darn accurate. And then my niece, who's just turned six, I Facetimed her on her birthday, and her and her uh, family are quarantined because my brother was recently in Israel with my dad, and so mm-hmm. they quarantined for like two weeks to make sure everything was cool. And it was her birthday. I was FaceTiming her. I was like, how you doing, Grace? She's like, oh, I'm fine. I think this is a sleepover. I don't know. And I'm like, oh, wow. This is just Aww. carrying over. <laughs> oh, man, yeah. <laughs> That's funny. I know um, um, every dog is happy right now because their oh, owners yeah. are home all day. Oh, yeah. My oh, dog's, dogs been thrilled. She's like, this is wild. Why didn't we do this earlier? Before I had congestive heart failure, we could have had more fun. <laughs> She's old, that's, very old. That's the thing is, I, I I want a pet, but I feel I before I had felt bad because you know we're out all the time, you know, and also Los Angeles. If you're in, not apart with like a lot of places to for an animal to go, I feel it's oh, kind yeah. of like not great for an animal to like live in a concrete jungle, you know. Big dogs. This is not the place. Exactly. And and so like I was like, oh, there's never time, and never, and then now it's like. Should you get a cat <laughs> or something? Like little dogs thrive in you know small no, places. Don't do that. Don't get a cat. Don't get a cat. <laughs> well, you also, know, here's what you should do: have have somebody in the family shit in the backyard three or four times a day, and then you go out <laughs> and clean it up all day, and you pretend that it's your new little cat or your new dog. You oh, if you're getting a cat, take a knife and destroy some of your furniture. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> just, just like with their claws and then start peeing in random places the rugs <laughs> oh my comic books uh, yeah yeah yep. piss think- on, pee on your comic books and and then think about what you would name the cat oh <laughs> <laughs> they just get a tamagotchi no you should yeah. get a cat that was my way you should get a cat <laughs> well no I, the, the, the short version of the story is like we can't where we live it's easy for an animal to escape and get eaten by a mountain lion so, well, then you should definitely get a cat. <laughs> <laughs> Easy peasy. <laughs> I had cats my entire life, literally, until the uh, breakup with uh, with my ex. And um, it's weird not having a cat. I've had a cat my entire life up until last September, 
and then we found a home for him because he um, he peed on everything. But mm. it was just it's weird not having a cat. But I feel like I, I've had enough cats. I've probably had thirty cats. That's enough. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> A lot of cats. I've, I've had a lot of cats as well. I've had four Sylvesters. And yes, I'm that sick Aww. person that kept finding the same colored cat and naming him Sylvester over and over again. I saw a friend post I something like funny. Snowball Six. <laughs> yeah, Snowball Six. Like I saw a friend. I don't know if it was like their photo or a, a photo of their friends or something. They're like, my cat ran away and I and then came back one day and, and we were happy. And then the next day he came back again. So now I have two of them. <laughs> so I guess the first cat that came back wasn't him. It was just one that looked exactly like him. And then he just took him they just took him in because they assumed it was their cat. And then the real one came back oh the my next day. God. That's hilarious. <laughs> these that two, is like, hysterical. These two black cats with like the yellow the, the white bellies white belly, yeah. that just like look up and they're like, Oh yeah, I can see that. <laughs> you just you just sold the idea for an entire episode of a sitcom. That would be hysterical. <laughs> <laughs> that is oh, really man. brilliant that's very brilliant <laughs> I'm, I'm excited to see what kind of writing both musical music writing and like TV and film writing are going to come out of all this you know because it kind of set I bet the new you it's going to lighten up world. because yeah, things right? got have been so dark so incredibly mm-hmm. dark and you know Netflix too they're going to look and say hey people are streaming lighter stuff or maybe they're not but they're going to look at <laughs> what happens through this whole thing, and they're going to judge every pitch that they get for the next couple years off of that. Mm-hmm. I think and that's why I wouldn't the tiger- be surprised if things lighten up slightly. I think that's why Tiger King did so well or is doing so well because there is that that whole like murder mystery thing happening. But the whole yeah. cast of people is so they're so fucking ridiculous that you're laughing but also feeling good about your decisions. <laughs> You know, because you're like, right. well, I'm not them, you know? Yeah. And it's just like this circus, like, train wreck that you're watching. It's lighthearted, but it's also like, I don't know. It's just, it's the first time in a very long time I felt like almost the entire world has been on the same page about one show. <laughs> it like, seems to be, doesn't it? <laughs> Instead of this, like, I guess I got to start watching it tonight. I got to pull up an episode tonight. And I mean, watch and the first get episode. It, I'm out of the loop. It's ridiculous. If you watch Ron. the first episode, you'll know in the first episode if it's going to be for you or not. And if it's not mm. for you, just read the memes uh, afterwards. You gotta, yeah, <laughs> yeah, gotta at least get okay. to the second episode. There you go. It's, no, I'll give it's, it a few. Whatever somebody tells you it is, it's also twenty other things. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like if they're like, oh, it's yeah, a, nobody's it's a, really. Everybody's just given a little crumb because it's obviously very different to everybody who watches it. So I'm sure whoever came up with it is just thrilled. I mean, it's huge. Mm. Yeah, it's it's like, and then like it's already crazy, and then you get to like the fourth, sometime somewhere in the middle, like the fourth or fifth episode, and you already thought it was going like off the rails, and it just goes from zero to ninety mm-hmm. in that middle episode. Wow, and you're like, what is going on? Wow. Like, and yeah, when when somebody like somebody pitched it to me, they're like, oh, it's like a true crime story. I'm like, well, I'm not really into that stuff. It's like, but it's also about a gay redneck. I'm like, what? <laughs> yeah, it's like a polygamous gay Joe Dirt. Gay yeah, and he's a polygamist, <laughs> but his husband, but his husband's, his husband's, he has two husbands that aren't gay, and it's like it's like what? It's got, and he owns tigers, and like somehow the tiger like breeding is the least interesting thing of the whole show. <laughs> yeah, see, that's the thing. When everything. I saw the initial ad thing on Netflix, I'm like, ah, eh, 
It's a guy with a mullet that raises tigers. What do I care about this? How can this be number one this week? Mm -hmm. And then, so they didn't misrepresent it, but maybe a shot without the mullet. Yeah. Well, also, I can't wait for you to see the music in this, man, because they they transition everything that they don't know how to transition to with one of his music videos. Perfect. And it is gold. Like, (laughs) like it's, I don't know, I, I've, you just you just have to experience it because I could go I could try to describe it, but it just it's just one no. of those things. Where you're like it's happening, and you're like, someone wrote a song about he paid someone to write a song. He lip synced to something he paid for. What it just keeps going like more and more layers. And I'm like, I need to score one of these shows or something, or write some of these tiger songs. Yeah, you're like, <laughs> that's what happens. It's the mullet. The mullet pulls on the back of the brain, and and <laughs> then you hire people. It's got to be that. It's got to be that. I'll tell you what, though, the stupidity has got me rolling on every episode. So okay, I'm then sure you'll enjoy I that. Gotta, I, I'm going to hop into it then. I got to watch it. I really, really will. I've got to. It's wild. But yeah, I'm, I'm, maybe maybe it's time to start like uh, rewatching some of the Power Rangers. Or no, no, I guess we all agreed it's better to remember. No, well. yeah, no, don't, okay. <laughs> don't do that. <laughs> but cool. Well, thanks. It is trippy. For, what's up? No, go. No, I, I, I'd watched one of the old ones a few years ago. I pulled it up on iTunes and I went, "This is like really strange." But I mean, it really <laughs> was interesting. But you know, I wasn't a fan of it. I was working on it, so I never sat and watched a whole episode. So it was pretty yeah, interesting yeah. to do. I was actually buying a used car probably like two years ago or something like that, and the guys like you know, losing his teeth or whatever. And I'm like, and he looks at me and he's like, do you know who I am? I'm like, no. And he's like, I was on the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. And I'm like, no. (laughs) And it turns out he was like, there was an episode where they had kind of shrunk all the kids or all the kids until where they were like, like little kids. And he was one Uh of the little kids. (laughs) Oh, Oh, wow. But the whole time he was all like, I was apparently, yes. He was what he's like bulk and skull. He was the skull kid, I think. And, oh. uh, and he's just a little oh. kid, but like he kept telling us like he was one of the main characters. Like, <laughs> like oh, and you work at a used car store now. <laughs> so that joke about what yeah. you should have done while you were high on morphine, he actually did sober in real life. Nice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Say, so what did you do with that $65? <laughs> I opened up this car lot. Uh, <laughs> exactly. Oh, that's. That's sad, but you know, if 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 that was his moment, that's nice. Yeah, true that. Well, well thanks. All right, for guys. Us, well, it's been wonderful chatting with you. Yeah, man, it's oh, good catch up. Okay. We'll have to hang out too, like outside of like the podcast stuff. It, you mean like in person, like breathing close to each other? No, <laughs> no, 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 no. Like <laughs> well, until until the quarantine's over, like just remotely. But then, yeah, definitely afterwards, we got we should get a drink or something. Absolutely. Oh, yes. Yeah, well, yes. We'll start with one drink and then we'll we'll move on from there. <laughs> Dude, me it's always it, it it always escalates from like I'm not going to drink tonight, just one, 15 later. Yeah. It begins. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I can get through the next day with this headache. I understand that feeling. <laughs> Don't get the wrong idea. I'm not like an alcoholic. It's just with this I'm like, "Oh, what the hell? I'll have a little bourbon at home." Yeah. 
Uh, Ron, before we go, is there anything that you'd like to um, like shout out or promote or anything? I know you worked, just worked on a video game and uh, the Power Rangers. Yeah, Redux that's going to and... come out next year, and it's either going to be called the Nothing or Nothing Matters or Nothing. But the graphics on the thing are just off the charts. So it'll be an RPG game, and nice. it'll be out sometime next year. And of course, this has delayed everything even more so mm-hmm. because. Uh, even though most of the crew works at home, apparently, you know, it's just different for whatever reason. You know, everybody's head is up in the air right now. So, yeah, whatever it comes out, it comes out. And then um, that's really it. Working on a couple of uh, those crime detective reality shows (laughs) you don't like. (laughs) Tiger King (laughs) 2. Tiger King 2. That'd be fun. Well, everybody out there, I just want to say stay safe and just accept this loneliness if you're lonely and it'll pass just like everything else and life will get back to normal and hopefully everybody will be a little kinder to each other after this. Amen. That's a good Mm -hmm. message to end on. Cool. Well, with that being said, um, Rod, Vince, Josh, and Ron. Hey. And... uh, Three of us will be back next week. <laughs> and uh, so I'll talk to you then. Hopefully you enjoy this week of Power Rangers content. We have the video we were supposed to put out two years ago. We have a video where Ron uh, reacted to seeing covers on YouTube of the Power Rangers theme song. Oh. And then the full interview in this. So it's a lot of content this week. That's right. But uh, we'll see you next time.